like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. As I journey around, my ears are always open for musicians and performers who are new to me, and I happened to end up in a living room of one such musician about a month ago as I was traveling in the eastern USA as part of the Friendly Folk Dancers tour. We were visiting with folks from Millville Friends Meeting and ended up at the home of their clerk, Paul Loomis, being serenaded on violin by his son, Zeke. And I found out about Paul's latest CD, World Famous in Bloomsburg. World Famous in Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania, don't really belong in the same sentence. Paul has a sense of humor. He also teaches mathematics at the university there, gallivants around South America, and much more, as you'll learn as we go to the phone now to talk with Paul Loomis in Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania. Paul, I'm really delighted to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Thanks, Mark. I'm delighted to be here. So, I saw you a couple few weeks ago as we were traveling through Pennsylvania. How long have you been in Bloomsburg? We have been in the county for 17 years now. We've been in town for the last three years. Before that, we lived out in the country on a farmhouse with acreage and chickens and all that good stuff. And why did you move into the city instead of the beautiful bucolic life? Well, we find we like spending lots of time in South America. One of the things we really like doing is walking. I enjoy walking to work. It's nice to walk to get your food. It's nice to walk for for entertainment. And you can do that a little bit more in town. And we find that when we leave the country, it's really hard to rent out your house if it's out in the middle of nowhere, and it's an old farmhouse where the well pump might break or the water pipes might freeze or things like that. So when you live in a small, simple house in town, it's easier to do that, too. And I think that next year you're headed off to South America again. Is that right? Yeah. In July, we're headed to Bolivia. And have you been to Bolivia before? We have. I spent, well, we spent a couple months there in 2012 visiting universities and, well, seeing the sights, if you will. And so what led you south? Why South America? What got you there? My wife, Leticia, lived in Ecuador when she was young, and her mother grew up in Argentina. So there are family connections there. So we first went to South America in about 2003, and our experiences there just keep taking us back. Now, music. You've clearly got a strong musical side to your life. Where did you get into this kind of stuff? I played the oboe as a kid, but I don't think I played it all that well. But when I was 22, I was in the apartment of some friends, and there was a beat-up guitar lying against a wall. 
suddenly I had this feeling that I wanted to learn to play the guitar. And so I asked about this guitar, and they said, oh, that guy, he moved to California. You could have that guitar. This is what you might call a like a $5 garage sale guitar. But I started playing this guitar. And I made up the tunings myself. And so I'd, I'd write a couple songs or make up a couple melodies, and then I'd change the tunings, and those melodies would be gone. And somebody <laughs> finally, somebody mentioned, they said, you know, if you used standard tuning, then you wouldn't lose your melodies. And so... I figured out standard tuning. This was a I'm I'm left-handed and so I had I restrung this guitar upside down. That's how I started writing songs. <laughs> yeah, you have to do it yourself. I You are that kind of an individual, aren't you though? Do it yourself? I think so. I guess all of the learning I've done has been, well, the musical learning I've done has been on my own. Give me an example of your music. I mean, you've got 3 CDs to choose from and I assume there's other songs not recorded that way too. What do you want to share today? I thought I would start with this song called Grand Buffet. It's off the second album I made called Juspe. And Grand Buffet is a song that I often play at the start of a set. It's a song about where I'm from and where I've been and where I hope to go back and where I dream of going. I think we're defined by, or not defined, but shaped by the places we've been and the places we want to go and the places that we hold dearly. So there's a song about that. The Grand Buffet by Paul Loomis. I was born in the Midwest, in a lighthouse above the city, and it took me 30 years to escape from all its gravity. Now I live up on the ridge, high above the Catawissa. Mother Nescopec is over us to shelter us from winter, and I have never been to Rome, and I have never been to Rio, but I have seen the great Sahara in my dreams at night. And when we finally make it to the mighty falls of Iguazu, we will eat the grand buffet and we will ride the Cochicama. Went for a run to Avimore, and I thought of Upper Volta. Took me 27 miles to remember what it's called now In a bar by the piazza We talked of Burkina Faso Medio ganas, muchas ganas De tomar otro vaso And I have never been to Rome And I have never been to Reading But I have seen the great pagoda In my dreams at night And when we finally crest the hills That rise up south of Crawfordsville I will run a little faster to reach my tent before the sundown. in French, and I have been confused in German, and I have been misunderstood in North and South America, but if I ever get to see the mystic realm of fluency, I would throw it all away to start over again in Urdu. I have never been to Rome, and I have never been to Rio, but I have seen the great Sahara in my dreams at night. And when we finally make it to the mighty falls of Iguazu, 
We will eat the grand souffle And we will ride the coche Kama I have walked the streets of No, no, I have seen the Cambalache In the thunder and the lightning I have crossed the Rio Juspe But if I ever get to go to see The cow in Kokomo I will gaze upon old Ben And I'll say, brother, he's a big one Excellent taste treat to start off today's Song of the Soul visit with Paul Loomis, his song The Grand Buffet from Juice Bay, which he put out back in 2009. Harmonica, strumming guitar, and then traveling the world. Now, some of those things particularly caught my ear. I assume that you have actually traveled in Africa because you speak of what used to be called Upper Volta and now called Burkina Faso. When did you get over that way? I actually never have been to Africa, but to me, we, I think once upon a time, my brothers and I knew most of the capitals of the world. And it was always a, a fascinating thing when the names of countries changed. And so the fact that Upper Volta eventually became Burkina Faso has just stuck in my head. Were you looking at like a real old globe or map? I, what year were you born? I was born in 1970. 1970. And I think when I was in Africa, in Peace Corps, I was in Togo, right beneath Burkina Faso. It was Upper Volta at that time. So I actually visited up there. So I know in 1979, it was still Upper Volta. Do you know what year it changed? I don't, but I know that we grew up with lots of old maps and old books. We had, I guess, historical information that was already outdated when we learned it. And the country right next to it, which used to be called Dahomey, which was renamed Benin in 1976. So that was just the year before I went to Africa. So, I, yeah, I, I have to remap nations by their old and new names as I travel around, too. But that's one of your aspirations, taking Africa, right? I think so. It is, yeah. You think so. Does this need a group consensus within your household? That's true. But it, I think what I'll also say, we find ourselves heading back to South America, partly because we have language on our side. We find that there's just so much to see and to experience. And it's, it's nice to go places that you know a little bit to learn more about. And so I think Africa is, is somewhere in the future. Well, if you need a guide, I can help out. But keep us moving along the whole tapestry of your music. What do you want to share next for Song of the Soul? I'm going to share a song called Something Good. This is a song from about 1996. This song starts with the line, woke this morning with the feeling that something good would come. And that line wasn't actually true. I didn't wake one morning with that feeling, but somehow those are the words that came out of me when I was strumming a guitar. And somehow those were the words that I needed at the time. And so that's a song that I think when I was in a really dark place, it didn't take me out of the dark place, but it helped me see around the corner to some light place that was ahead in the future. We all need something good. Paul Loomis.
something good would come Woke up with the funny feeling That something good would come Something good, something good, something good is gonna come Something good, something good, something good is gonna come. Don't know how it's gonna come, I just know it's gonna come. Don't know when it's gonna come, I just know it's gonna come. Something good, something good, something good is gonna come. Something good, something good, something gonna come don't know how it's gonna fly gonna fall from out the sky don't know how it's gonna land gonna fall right in my hand something good something good something good is gonna come something gonna come I just know it's gonna don't know when it's gonna come I just know it's gonna something good something good something good is gonna come woke this morning with the feeling that something good was Something good, something very good Good, something good, something very good Good, something good, something very, very good Good, something good, something very good Good, something good, something very good Good, something, good, something, good, something, good, something, good, something Good by Paul Loomis. When you want to track down Paul, his website is paulloomis.com. Loomis is L-O-O-M-I-S. And the easiest way usually to get to folks is just to come through nordenspiritradio.org. I have links to them and you'll connect up. You'll find more info about them on my site. And you can find about all of the three albums that Paul has put out. You might also find out that he's a math professor 
Tell me a little bit about that. I saw the list of courses online that you teach. So math and music, are these complementary, supplementary parts of your life? They are. Well, I think there are two interesting parallels. One is that I've found that teaching a class is often like performing at a coffee house in the sense that part of your job is to get the people with you, get the students or the audience convinced that what you're doing is interesting and worthwhile. And the other half of this is, I think, the researchy half, which when my research is going well, I have problems banging around in my head and ideas banging around in my head that are, they feel like they're getting worked on all the time. And that's the same when I'm trying to write a song. I have one in my head right now that I'll just find little snippets of that melody bumping around in there, you know, at all kinds of random quiet moments. And so those two things, feeling like you're working on something, even as you do everything else, it's a lovely feeling. And it's something that I get both from doing math and from writing songs. There was one of the songs on World Famous in Bloomsburg that you started going through the primes, I think. Which, which song was that? That's in Science Fair. And that's, you know, how they, often in the middle of between verses, you'll hear people go, two, three, four. And so, <laughs> it's, you know, I think the first time I did it, I was doing it live, and I did two, three, five, and I thought, oh, that's kind of fun. And then the next time I did it, maybe I did two, three, five, seven. And then oh, at some I point I thought, it. well... Time for 11, thought, 13, and 17. Yeah. <laughs> How long can we make this go on before the audience really starts to wonder if we're going to launch back into the song or not? <laughs> okay, well, more music. Let's keep going. Sure. I think next up is a song called Anna's Canon in B-flat. This is, the, the chord progression is Paco Bell's Canon. But this song happened exactly as I wrote it. It's a, it's a road trip song. And road trips make good songs because there's a clear beginning and a clear end. And then you add a three-month-old baby into the mix, and it's even better. When Anna was a baby, I was trying to write some kind of song for her. But she was this amazing, wonderful creature that had come to live with us. And I felt like a song for her had to be amazing and wonderful. And I didn't think I was up to the challenge. I had tried and not, not succeeded as I wanted to. And so what became easier was to write a song about this road trip we took. Anna's Cannon in B-flat. Anna, let me tell you a story about when you were younger. Work in the house where your grandma grew up And we made lots of pit stops Just to feed you or to feed us Use the bathroom, change a diaper Or just get some air And we stopped at a hotel In the middle of a small town in Ohio I'm sorry but I don't remember the name we got up the next day and ate continental Continental breakfast in the hotel In a small town Somewhere east of Columbus And uh-huh We drove and we drove till South of Cincinnati Where we lost our alternator Well, no, just a belt And uh-huh In the middle of nowhere 
buy a grocery with lots of empty shelves in the deli that was closing as I walked to the counter and uh-huh we got a tow truck and it took us out to nowhere I mean nowhere I mean down a long gravel road to the back of a hollow past about 700 smash cars out to a garage and four trailers and hunting dogs tied up in little houses at the edge of the woods and the guy with long hair and tattoos I think he was someone's brother and he backed up the Jetta and he almost ran over a kid on a motorbike but his brother looked at the Jetta and he said two belts are gonna help you but I'm really tired this bolt doesn't really fit, but I think it'll hold. And on, we worried about money. Credit cards were out of the question and way out here. How far would you have to go to get to a bank? And uh-huh, so he wrote up the bill. And he didn't have a calculator, so I figured the tax. And it came to... $43.15 And uh-huh, do you remember the rest stop And the guy from Milwaukee with the harmonica Well, he played for you while you were fed And the guy with the kilt walked in And the man from Milwaukee said Hey, is he Scottish? I said, I don't know So he played by the Bonnie Banks A lock lower And the guy with the kilt Well, he didn't even notice but this other guy, he started singing, you take the high road, and I'll be in Scotland before you, but me and my true love will never meet again by the bonnie, bonnie banks of Loch Lomond. Paul Loomis is taking us on a bit of an expedition through his musical and personal life and maybe a little bit of his scientific life as well. That was Anna's Canon in B-flat, which uh, I guess you said Anna was just three months old at the time? She was, yes. So this is all family lore for her, the Scottish songs and all of this kind of thing. Did you take notes on that or did you just make the song as you traveled? I think I made the song after we got back, but as it was happening, I remember thinking, this is really surreal. It's almost like a movie. So maybe as it was happening, I was thinking, wow, are more amazing things just going to keep happening here? And so the song, I think it, it went through a couple incarnations early on, but it soon settled into what it has become fixed at for the last 14 years or so. Are there verses that you made up that you decided you couldn't air for the public? (laughs) 
I don't think there's anything that I decided wasn't couldn't air for the public. They're just verses that didn't seem to fit as well into the narrative or for some reason or other got discarded along the way. You do have such a quirky sense of humor, I think, and a sense of appreciation of the world, which I appreciate because that's how it goes inside my brain. Some people get kind of put off when I share that into the world. It's like, come on, let's get serious here. Do you get that reaction from people? With songs, not so much. I think that most people know what to expect when they hear me play. I think a little bit of lightness is quite often what people need. I think if you go to an open mic, for instance, that's that's the situation in which people often don't know what they're getting when I come up. At an open mic, quite often, there's more heaviness than lightness. And so I've never really had people say, oh my gosh, you should have played something a little more serious than that. Since I met you all as part of my Quaker folk dance tour, and I know you're Quaker, is that kind of lightness, I mean, I think people have this image of what Quakers are like. We're supposed to be very sober, dressed in Quaker Oats, scarb type people. That isn't my experience of Quakers in general. But is there that serious part to your spiritual side? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that what makes that, let's see, what's a good way to explain this? I think that the the Quaker part of this is that there's so much to appreciate in life that our testimony of simplicity makes it easier to do that. I think of being Quaker as meaning that there's a whole lot of baggage, material and otherwise, that I don't have to carry. That makes lightness a lot easier. And do you mean that in the sense of a lot of shoulds and definitions and confines of society, which are not really useful to deep spirit? They put us on whatever society's path is versus our own leading? Yes. And I think, I mean, I think of doctrine as well. I've had situations where I've been in Argentina early on when my Spanish was not very good. And I found myself at a kid's birthday party. It never seems to happen in the United States, but in Argentina it happens that people would ask, well, what religion are you and what does that mean? And I found myself very happy that in my limited Spanish I could explain what Quakerism is to me in simple terms. And I found that that explanation was almost better in Spanish because it forced me to cut to the center or the heart of what's important. Hmm. Were you Quaker raised or how did you get there? I grew up as a Methodist and I had a bit of time in my 20s with the Unitarians and then a bit of time with no one. But my wife, Leticia, went to, well, Westtown Quaker boarding school and then to Earlham College. And when we first started living together here in Bloomsburg, we had been told even before we got here that there was a good Quaker meeting here. And so we started going to Millville within a month or two after we moved to the area. And folks, you should understand, if you don't know where Bloomsburg is, you can be forgiven. When he entitled his latest CD, World Famous in Bloomsburg, Paul was doing this, I'm pretty sure, very tongue-in-cheek. He's probably chewing on his tongue in his cheek. Because Bloomsburg is not your big place. I mean, I assume it's not the biggest university in the Pennsylvania system. No, no. Penn State, for instance, is not in the same system as we are, but Penn State is four or five times as big as as we are. Our our school has about 10,000 students, and the town has about 15,000 people. 
it was a fun place to visit, particularly because we visited the Greenwood Friends School, which I thought was in itself just an amazing thing growing up from open land. That's how it seemed to me. And then Bloomsburg, you know, however far away you were, 10, 20 miles from there, is quite a center in what's totally rural population. It feels rural in the same way that I live near Eau Claire, Wisconsin. I live in the country outside of it. It feels different. It doesn't have that big town distance. Mm-hmm. We jokingly refer to, and friends who live in the country will refer to us as having having moved to the city and being city dwellers now. So, I mean, there is a di- difference between living in the country and living in town, but it really is nice to walk down Main Street and know a lot of people. And folks, I want to remind you that you're listening to Song of the Soul. Song of the Soul is a Northern Spirit Radio production on the web at northernspiritradio.org. I'm Mark Helpsmeet, your host. Each week we bring you music and passion, Song of the Soul. On our site, you'll find almost 11 years of our programs for free listening and download. You find connections to our guests. So when you get want to get to paulloomis.com and you don't know how to spell Loomis, just follow the link from nordenspiritradio.org. There's also a place to post comments. Make our communication two-way by posting a comment when you visit. There's also a place to donate. That is the way this full-time work is supported. Without your donations, it just can't happen. So please make a donation when you come. But even more important than that, I really highly recommend that you support your local community radio station. They provide you a slice of music and of news that you just get nowhere else on the American airwaves. It's invaluable to have grassroots radio. So support your local community radio when you do come by. Paul Loomis is with us here today. He's got three CDs out there. World Famous in Bloomsburg is his most recent. Jospé was in 2009. And Dry Ridge was from back in 2005. The song we heard, Something Good, was from Dry Ridge. Do you have more coming, by the way? There's certainly songs that are coming. I often try to delay putting out an album as long as possible. As you just mentioned, they seem to come about every five years. I delayed World Famous in Bloomsburg for a while until I felt like I just couldn't wait anymore. The songs that I was playing live were not on an album anywhere, and people would ask, oh, can I buy that on an album somewhere? So finally, I I felt like I needed to make an album. That's why World Famous in Bloomsburg has 22 songs on it. And where do you generally play? What kind of settings? A lot of your music feels to me like something that would be just wonderful around a campfire. I do that with family and friends. Normally, the places I play out in public are the usual coffee houses or bars or benefit concerts. And at this time of the year, what I really like, farmer's markets are a place that I play a lot. I played one on Saturday. And the lovely thing is that you get paid mostly in food. And so you you come home with, with all kinds of good stuff. So let's keep going with some more of your music. What do you want to share next for Song of the Soul, Paul? I'm going to share the first song off of World Famous in Bloomsburg. This is a song called Sunday Morning Fall. I mentioned earlier that in my early 20s, I started playing the guitar. I spent seven years in graduate school in mathematics, and those were a long, sometimes (laughs) bleak seven years. (laughs) But what got me through that partly was playing the guitar and writing songs, but also running. So this is a song really about running. There was a great trail along the Wabash River in Lafayette, Indiana, that I would run up and down. So this is a song about running in the morning on that trail.
Sunday morning, 5.15 and I'm in love The streets are quiet and clean and there is no sun above Sunday morning, 5.15 and I'm in love Streets are quiet and clean and there is no sun above and I am I can take the path that runs north out of town Watch the daybreak come around and watch the miles unwinding So close to home and yet I'm all alone Every muscle, every bone, it knows how to keep me going miles down river and it's time to turn around there's hardly any sound just my feet on the ground and my breathing so close to home and yet I'm all alone Every muscle, every bone It knows how to get me back again And I can take the path That runs north out of town Watch the daybreak come around And watch the miles unwinding Sunday morning, 5.15 and I'm in love Streets are quiet and clean and there is no sun above and I am five fifteen AM is not everyone's dream time, but For runners, I think that kind of thing is a very appropriate hour to get out there. So Sunday Morning Fall by Paul Loomis talks about that. Are you still the kind to get up at 5.15 in the morning and go running? I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Anna and I are starting to do this thing where we'll get up at 6 or so and go for a run before she goes to school. We'll do that every once in a while. And there's still a fantastic thing about coming back from the run and finding the town just starting to wake up, that maybe on your way out, there's no traffic at all. And then on your way back in, you can see that morning is starting to happen, but you've already gotten well into the day. You know, Paul, a lot of your music, the lyrics in particular, seem pretty whimsical. And I'm not sure it's going to be clear to our listeners how this actually connects with your song of the soul. How is this soul, if you're talking about chimpanzees or hang things online or whatever, how how is this soul for you? I think if there's anything that I'd like people to get from these songs, it's a sense of gratitude. And that's gratitude for people I've known and places I've lived And so many things in the world that are such a delight to experience. I think just the wonder of being alive. And so hopefully when you hear me talking about toast or you hear me talking about the ruffled grouse, right, that's what comes through. Yeah, the joy is the sure sign of presence of the spirit, I think some famous person said. And to follow up on that, I know that I've had times when 
I've been at a protest or something else and I thought, oh my gosh, I wish I had a song that spoke to this situation somehow. But I haven't been able to write those songs. And I've had people say to me that they've been going through dark times and just the whimsy or the the fun in these songs has really helped them. So maybe my place is not to tackle the big issues, but to put a little bit of fun out there. Well, let's find some more that came to you. What do you want to share next, Paul? I'm going to share two songs together. One of them really short, another one a little bit longer. The first one's called Another Piece of Toast. Zeke sings this one. The album has another version of this song, but this is the original melody. So this is already recorded a couple years ago when Zeke was eight. To me, it's a little bit like a time capsule there. And then the second song that I'll put in here is called Digalai, which is really just another fun one that, well, it has a lot of voices on it. It has a lot of instruments on it. And I should say that all the people that played on this last album with me are people that were good friends of mine before we ever started doing this. And so when I listen to these songs, I just hear all these people that I have loved for a long time. And that makes it, to me, really enjoyable to hear again. So the second song we're going to listen to is called Digalai. But we'll start off with Paul's son, Zeke's version of Another Piece of Toast. Ready? Yeah. Whoa, toast.
song you just heard, Dig a Lie, followed another piece of toast, very short version, by Paul's son, Zeke. They're both on World Famous in Bloomsburg by Paul Loomis. His website, paulloomis.com, and he's here today for Song of the Soul. Zeke's version was fun. When I visited you a few weeks ago, Zeke played us a tune or two on his violin, which was real fun to see. And I got the sense of the kind of creativity that flows around your house. Things just kind of popped up. The second song, Digalai, that has a complete folk feel to it. The kind of songs, call and response and Digalai, Digalio, you know, I mean, I just have a sense this is very firmly rooted in folk. Are you a folky from the start? Or, I mean, since you're a lot younger than I am, I kind of figured that the folk revival or something was kind of far in the past for you. It was. I grew up in the 80s. And the music that I first, I think, really became passionate about was what you, well, there were groups like R.E.M. and the Smiths, but then there was punk music. I think that punk and folk share a whole do-it-yourself aesthetic, that technical brilliance is not the point, and I think sometimes gets in the way. A song can be much more interesting and much more simple if you don't have to show off these amazing things that you can do. And so short songs to-the-point songs are still what give me joy. And when I started to play, it's what I could do. I'd love to talk more about this stuff, but I'm sure there are people who are eager to hear the next whimsical or deep song that you have to share, Paul. What's up next? So this is another song from World Famous in Bloomsburg. This one's called Line Line. It is about simplicity, and it's also about my parents, that my mom still washes clothes with this ringer washer from the 1940s. This song also talks about memories of my dad developing black and white pictures down in our basement. Many different lines for your situation. Line, line by Paul Loomis. Kid in the black and white tie 
Paul Loomis lives in Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania. His latest CD is world famous in Bloomsburg, and that song, Line Line, is from it. I think it's still true, Paul. You do not have a dryer, right? It is true. (laughs) Or rather, I should say, you have a solar dryer. We do, yes. (laughs) Well, give us some more songs to companion us on our journey. We're getting pretty close to the end here, but I think there's a little bit more we could share. The last one I had on this list is called Oscar Wilde and Chamomile, and it's a lullaby. I think when I was 20-something and I would play music, I mentioned before that I liked punk music as a teenager, and I think when I first started to play the guitar, everything was kind of like, kind of loud and not very restrained. And then when I had children, I realized that if I wanted to play to them, <laughs> around them, right, I couldn't, I couldn't be you know, yelling at the top of my lungs. And so I learned to play softly. And so really, I'm, time with your kids, it's never time wasted. But when I learned to play music to try to put them to sleep, that was even sweeter. So Oscar Wilde and Chamomile is from that origin. It's on Yuspe by Paul Loomis. Chamomile can get me through the night Make me feel alright Chase away the fright until it's light again And if we're running low then I can get some more I'll go out to the store It's only out the door and round the corner So I'll sing this song to help you find some sleep I'll help you fall in deep I'll conjure up some sheep until they're tired too Cherubim and Seraphim, they showed up later on Played Twister on the lawn They had to work at dawn and they were gone again And the heavenly host sang Hallelujah Shalalalah Amen And the heavenly host sang Hallelujah Shalalalah And so I'll sing this song to help you find some calm Let my words be a balm I'll sing to you from psalms or lamentations 
I know that you're too shy to try out for the choir, but sit down by the fire. You know that I admire your determination. And the heavenly host sang, Hallelujah, Shalalalah, Amen. And the heavenly host sang, Hallelujah, Shalalalah, Amen. The favorite line I take out of Paul Loomis's song, Oscar Wilde and Chamomile, is heavenly host saying, Alleluia, Shalala, Amen. That's beautiful. That's I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Well, thank you. Thanks. I think you can hear you can hear some some Methodist upbringing in there. I caught that in there when you talk about things like Psalms and Lamentations, and also cherubim and seraphim. That's a clear mark of mainline Christian influences, or I suppose it could also be Jewish too. But I don't recall the last time that I've run into cherubim and seraphim in Quaker circles, except maybe when we might be singing some kind of old-time hymns. I'm kind of presuming that you don't teach your kids in first-day school, the Quaker equivalent of Sunday school. You don't teach them a lot about cherubim and seraphim, do you? We don't, no. (laughs) But I think it's just wonderful in that song that they play Twister on the lawn. That's quite a vision. Yeah, and you know, I could say, oh, thanks for saying that. And yet, I don't even know where that came from, right? I I, I almost feel like I I can't take credit for that line, because I don't know where it came from. But there it is. I think that perhaps your guardian angel has a quirky personality and whispers those kind of things in your ear. I was raised Catholic. I don't even know if Methodists are raised with guardian angels or not, but I had one because I was raised Catholic. Uh Uh-huh. Anyway, it's been so fun. It's wonderful to end with that lullaby, Paul. There's so much variety that you do. Most of them feel, as I said earlier, like something that would be wonderful to share around the campfire. Do you take this music with you when you go south, like you're going to be going down to Bolivia in just a couple months? Do you take your guitar and play your music down there too? I do. I'm careful not to foist music upon people. If we're sitting around a campfire, I might play a few songs on the guitar, but I don't want to take over the campfire. And so similarly, you know, I might play a song or two here or there. So I, yeah, I, I just play when the moment seems right. And do you travel with a copy of Rise Up Singing and Rise Again? I don't have Rise Again yet, but oh I do have... Oh my goodness, Paul, what are you waiting <laughs> for? <laughs> it's already been out for 10 months. I know, I know. I have what I would call two desert island books. One of them is Rise Up Singing, and the other one is Unsolved Problems in Number Theory by Richard Guy. But I think with those two books, I could live happily on a desert island. And if I don't have any books with me, I'm just going to be spending all my time trying to figure out how to do trisection of an angle, which <laughs> I know it's mathematically proven you can't do it with the regular compass and protractor, whatever, that kind of thing. But I just feel like in my soul that that's what I want to do to mm-hmm. achieve something. I started it when I was in high school. Anyway, Paul, it's been really wonderful to have some more time with you. 
because my brief visit with you at Millville Friends Meeting in Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania was far, far too short. But it's great to connect with you again. Pass my love on to Leticia, Anna, and Zeke, and of course to all the good folks in the meeting. Thank you so much for joining me today for Song of the Soul. Thank you, Mark. It's really been a pleasure. You can find Paul Loomis in the math department at the University in Bloomsburg or on the web at paulloomis.com. Loomis is L-O-O-M-I-S dot com. Or just come via nordenspiritradio.org. Thanks a heap to Andrew Jansen for production assistance today. And we'll see you next week for Song of the Soul. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy So